When I moved back to Amherst, Nova Scotia after 15 years away, something had changed. Like many other towns, our local businesses and business people have been overwhelmed by large corporations and monopolies. This hurt the spirit of our communities. We lost our autonomy, our self-reliance, and our hope. So join me as I learn more about where we are now, how we got here, and what we can do to take back our communities. I'm Andrew Cameron, and Monopolies Killed My Hometown. All right, welcome back everyone to Monopolies Killed My Hometown. This is a perfectly timed episode. This is our last episode in reading through the report of the Royal Commission on Price Spreads and about the distribution industry or the retail industry in Canada. And I'm saying this is timely for one main reason. In this episode, we're looking at the recommendations that the commission made to deal with the anti-competitive behaviors going forward. And this is beautifully timed. This episode is beautifully timed because last week, the federal government has announced open submissions for review and comment on the current Canadian Competition Act. So I know, having done this, that there are things that the Price Spreads Commission recommended that are still applicable, still apply today. And we could almost take word for word from this report and send it in as a submission and say, let's just do this again. So we're going to dig into what the Commission recommended and stick around and you can hear some of the exact same things we can recommend for today. So the Commission identified a lot of the anti-competitive behaviors that allowed the mass buyers, you know, chain stores and department stores to dominate the Canadian retail scene. So then the question becomes, what is the commission recommending they do? You know, what should we do about this? Here's the problem. What do we do about it? So this whole chapter I'm looking at now is about 30 pages long and covers so many different topics from potential issues with trying to regulate business and industry to a summary of the international practices from like the UK, Europe, Australia, the US about how they're managing competition in the economy and business and industry. So there's a lot in this. It's fascinating stuff. I just want to get right at the general recommendations from the commission on dealing with the anti-competitive behaviors in the retail scene. And I want to look at the recommendations in two different ways. First, there's specific recommendation in actions and then the spirit behind these recommendations. The reason for this will become obvious pretty soon. But before we start, there are a few highlights I really want to hit. So the Price Spreads Commission recommended that all changes to regulated competition in the economy be done in a gradual and progressive manner. The commission identified they didn't have a lot of experience in this area, and therefore they didn't have an easy way to solve or correct any problems that the changes created. And they really wanted to avoid that. Second, they said, quote, no far-reaching change in social policy can be undertaken experimentally in the hope of a return to the status quo if the experiment should fail. End quote. Basically, if they act and screw everything up, there's no guarantee they can go back to what it was before. Makes sense. And so the commission wanted to act, but they wanted to act in a controlled, reasonable manner. And to do this, their main recommendation was to create the Federal Trade and Industry Commission. Which, you know, we never actually did. And so, like, I don't know the history of why we didn't do it. That would be an interesting research project, or maybe somebody's written a book or written papers or looked at it before, because I don't know why we didn't do it. But that's why I'm going to separate out their specific recommendations from the spirit of the recommendations. And the purpose behind the FTIC was that they could implement 
the rules and implement the Combines Investigation Act and modify and adjust as they're moving forward to improve things or adjust if they're causing more problems than before. And so the FTIC will be charged with implementing the specific recommendations by the Price Spreads Commission and to coordinate the policy the Commission is recommending now. And so the policy that they're recommending is designed, quote, both to protect the various interests in our society, consumers, primary producers, wage earners, investors, and employers, and to improve the general organization and functioning of our economic system. So right off the bat, this policy is not interested in efficiency. The policy is designed to protect our society and the individuals who make up the economy. And that's the spirit of the recommendations. It's to protect individuals, small businesses, primary producers, wage earners from being exploited by capital and large businesses. And we've lost this spirit of protection in the name of quote-unquote efficiency, whatever that actually means. And so the FTIC was to consist of five members appointed by the governor and council and to act as a semi-autonomous board under the president of the Privy Council. So the Price Spreads Commission recommended the FTIC be placed outside of any department so it can then be involved in all departments. And this is an extremely persuasive argument for me because when I run through the list of current federal ministries, effective competition in curbing corporate power impacts many of them. So for example, we have the Minister of Mental Health and Addictions. I mean, I think of the opioid crisis that was fomented by the Sackler family in Purdue Pharma. We have the Minister of Intergovernmental Affairs, Infrastructure and Communities. So monopolization in the construction industry of material suppliers has driven up the cost of delivering and maintaining all infrastructure, you know, being the Minister of Health. So I'll put a link to this, but there's a story about how most of the IV bags and saline solution are made in one or two factories in Puerto Rico. And when Hurricane Maria hit and wiped out the power grid in Puerto Rico, the availability of IV bags dropped off significantly and the price of any of that you could get increased as well. Then we have the Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food. The Price Spreads Commission is all about protecting primary producers, basically farmers. Minister of Labor and Minister of Employment, Workforce Development and Disability Inclusion. I mean, just look at the hero pay fiasco with the grocery stores to see the impact of corporate concentration on workers and employment. The Minister of International Trade, Export Promotion, Small Business and Economic Development. (laughs) I mean, like that's what this podcast is all about. Even more so for the Minister of Rural Economic Development, this podcast is all about how effective competition policy can spur development and help economic development in rural small towns. So I think you can see where I'm going with this. I'll stop there. But basically, the effective enforcement of competition policy impacts all areas of our economy and all the federal ministries. And so sticking the Competition Bureau under ISED can limit the reach and impact of the Bureau. This, to me, is an interesting thought just moving forward. So let's go back to specific recommendations. So what did the Price Spreads Commission say they wanted the FTIC to actually do? Simple, the commission would serve to protect the consumer and the primary producers. Well, technically the commission said they want the FTIC to protect the interests of all classes and groups. But the commission also said, quote, since the major problems with which the commission would have to deal arise out of the growth of concentration, its basic function would be concerned with the prevention or regulation of monopoly and monopolistic practices. This means that the FTIC would be tasked with enforcing the rules and regulations to protect the consumer and primary producers from being exploited by monopolies and monopolistic practices. Again, 
and I keep saying this, there's nothing about economic efficiency in these goals at all. It is about stopping exploitive behaviors. So the FDIC would have power to focus on the three following areas, administration, advice to government and to industry, and then investigation and publicity. So let's break down the three categories. So some of the tasks that the FDIC would administer would be the Combines Investigation Act. They would also regulate monopolies where needed, like telephone companies at this point were regulated monopolies, power companies were regulated monopolies. The FDIC would also regulate industries that typically fall into cutthroat competition. And so this is deceiving because, as I said to somebody once, competition is like pizza. Not having enough is a problem, but having too much pizza at one time, also a problem. And so if an industry falls into cutthroat competition, it can cause as much harm, if not more, than a lack of competition. And this usually applies to like industries with huge capital and infrastructure costs. Historically, at this point, it would have been uh, railroads would have been one. Today, airlines are definitely like this. And it's basically once you've made all the capital costs, the barriers to entry for a new competitor are so large that if the entrants in the market now start competing so much and undercutting each other that they can keep undercutting to the point where nobody's making any money and then none of them survive, but they can't be replaced by anybody else. So you can actually lose the whole industry. And the airline industry is an interesting one because it used to be a regulated industry like this and the airlines weren't getting fabulously wealthy, but they were holding their own. There were a lot of regional airlines. Well, then we deregulated and we stopped enforcing this and now airlines are going bankrupt all over the place. The airline story is an interesting one to look at as well, but we'll come back to that. Right now we're talking about retail in the FTIC, so I'm going to come back to this. The Price Spreads Commission also wanted the FTIC to prohibit unfair competition. Again, key, prohibit. The Price Spreads Commission wanted the FTIC to just straight up ban anti-competitive behaviors, or at least some of the anti-competitive behaviors we reviewed in the last episode. The commission wasn't asking the FTIC to create economic rules and calculations to determine when anti-competitive behavior, like loss leaders, unfair trade, price discounts, or predatory pricing could surprisingly actually be good. The commission just wanted to ban these behaviors outright. Just no, you can't do it. Which is actually one of those things in my mind, I think it makes the rules easier to understand. So it's not just like, well, maybe it's okay, maybe it's not. It's just like, no, you can't do that. If you're gonna sell it to anybody, you gotta sell it to everybody at the same price. Straight up, simple, done. And so for me, like I said before, we have the review of the Competition Act coming up. And so I'd love for us to move back to the standard of just outright banning anti-competitive behaviors. Like, no, we don't care. Just you can't do it. And that would make a huge difference in making the economy fair for everybody again. So under the advice section, the FTIC would recommend directly to the governor and council about how to regulate and manage monopolies. So this, again, would be railroads, airplanes, any sort of national monopoly like that. My understanding is the governor and council is essentially the governor general. I mean, probably in the 1930s, the governor general and the monarchy had more of an impact on Canadian politics. But again, the philosophy behind this was for the FTIC to not report to a minister. And so the FTIC would also work with industries to help eliminate unfair trade practices. And so finally, the last section is investigation and publicity. The Price Spreads Commission wanted the FTIC to have full power, and I take that to mean subpoena power, to investigate and then publish their findings in any industry. And currently, our Competition Bureau does not have subpoena power. 
right? They're doing a market study on grocery stores in the grocery industry, but they can't compel information from Sobeys or Loblaws or Metro. They just have to rely on public information and the information that those three largest companies willingly want to provide. The Price Spreads Commission also wanted the FTIC to complete general economic investigations on a regular basis because the commission found that most of the work they did and they completed in the price spread study could have been done by the FTIC with their investigatory powers. And so the commission wanted the FTIC to continue studying the economy on a regular basis because they said to quote, in other words, there has been little study of the broader tendencies and characteristics of industry and distribution in Canada. Supremely important as these tendencies are, and extensive as is the body of materials for such study now in existence, end quote. I find this point interesting to reflect on because I guess the follow-up thought to this is if we had the data, would we have let these problems become as big as they are? That's sort of the flip side question for me to think about and reflect on. Because further on, the commission specified that, quote, such phenomena as the integration of industrial operations, the relationship of capitalization to real capital and of the latter to numbers of employees, the relationship of wages to salaries in both to net production and prices, the relative productivity of capital and labor in large-scale and small-scale operations, power supply in relation to the utilization of labor, etc., should be made subjects of special analysis from time to time. End quote. Where my question comes from is, if we were doing these regular studies and we saw problems growing, would we have acted sooner in advance? I don't know. Sometimes, like in my mind, people just really need an event to kickstart some change. So even if we had this data, maybe we wouldn't have acted in advance. Maybe we would have. I don't know. It's an interesting one to think about. For me, like I think we need to study our current economy, like the 2022 economy, looking at these different factors, right? And because the Price Spreads Commission concludes that, quote, it is only by viewing the economic structures from these standpoints that much of the significance of current trends can be appreciated. End quote. So I find this very interesting because the Price Spreads Commission is saying that in the 1930s and from the 1920s, they didn't have a lot of this data looking at consolidation in the economy and in the industry. And what I've found in talking with Camp, we've talked about different research projects and things that we could do or things that we could look at. And a lot of them are severely hampered because we don't have the data. We don't have a lot of data on the concentration of industries. We don't have a lot of this information. And so what I'm wondering is, and like I said before, if we had the information, will we act to stop the consolidation? And so I find it just interesting that the commission is saying that there was a lack of data in the 1930s, and I'm seeing that there's a lack of data now. So is it connected? Like, is it a causal factor? Like this lack of data leads to us allowing more concentration to happen? Or is it the flip side that once the concentration happens, Corporate power uses their clout to influence politics, to cut taxes, and then to implement austerity. And so when you cut revenues and you cut spending, one of the first things I could see going would be research. And so then are we just not doing the research into these issues of concentration and how our economy is functioning? Does it happen after the concentration comes? No idea if there's an answer to this, and I don't imagine there ever will be. It's an interesting thought, so just let me know what you think, if anybody has other opinions on this. There's one last key word in the sentences about completing the investigations, and that one is publish. The Price Spreads Commission wanted the FTIC to publish all of their reports, all of their investigations. Well, for two reasons. One is that they thought publicity may often stop anti-competitive behavior itself. 
And if the publicity could stop the behavior, they wouldn't need any administrative actions. That's step one. I don't know if that still quite applies today. I don't know if we still have that same level of feeling of shame that comes with being caught red-handed or being caught doing bad things. The second thing is the commission wanted the FTIC to publish the reports to increase the general knowledge about the economy amongst all Canadians. And this is an interesting one because I've talked to a few people who know a lot about the telecom industry and they've said they've learned so much about what's going on in the industry because of the Roger Shaw hearings. And that's simply because so many of the reports and so many of the submissions made to the Bureau and to the tribunal have been published and have become public. So it's increased the understanding of the telecom industry across the whole country. And so this is something that I think we need our current competition bureau to do. Right now, they're like a black box. They produce reports, they don't go anywhere. They start an investigation, nobody knows. Like the public doesn't know if an investigation's happening. And when it wraps up, there's just a little press release saying this investigation's done. No data's released, no information's published, nothing sent out. It becomes a black box that just goes and, and that's it. Now, I say that, Knowing that in these, there are sensitive data, there is sensitive data that can be redacted, there can be, but there is a whole lot that can be shared in a way that people know more about what's happening, one, in the economy, and two, happening with the Competition Bureau. And when CAMP makes our submission for the review of the Act, this is one of the things we really want to highlight, is that we think the Competition Bureau should be required to publish all their investigations, what they're doing, what stage they're at, so that we have an idea of what's going on. As well as we also think that they need to be given back their investigatory and subpoena powers so that they can go out and investigate the economy, investigate specific industries and see what's happening. This grocery study market study would be so much more effective and relevant and impactful if the Competition Bureau could compel information from Sobeys, Metro or Loblaws. Because if they don't have to give up the information, I mean, it's like all of us. If we know we've been caught doing something or suspected doing something and we don't have to give up that information that's going to incriminate us, we're not going to do it, right? Unless somebody can make us or force us to. Because, I mean, ultimately, if any of these businesses aren't doing anything wrong, why would they care if this information is published? So that was our sort of wrap up on the retail industry from the 1930s. Like I said, we didn't actually do what the Price Spreads Commission recommended that we do to deal with the issues with retail, but I think there is a lot that we can take from it from what they were seeing and what they were recommending and bring it forward to today. So again, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Next episode, I'm planning to come back and we're going to go through the Competition Act review, the process, what they're looking for, all that sort of stuff. So please subscribe and listen to that episode. Take care, everyone. Companies. Main Street is struggling. Monopolies killed my hometown.